This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I am joined by Alex and Kayleen Ostensen. They're the owners of Main Street Market in Evansville, Minnesota. I think it's a quite interesting story. I am happy they were able to join us today and come on the show. I think it's going to be a great one. Welcome to the show, Alex and Kayleen. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So, Alex, Kayleen, why don't you... Both tell us a little bit more about who you all are. Okay. Well, I, uh, so I kind of grew up out in kind of a, a rural town in Minnesota, kind of a smaller, smaller community and um, out in the country as well. And uh, I went to, after graduating high school, I actually went into an automotive and diesel, diesel mechanic. So I've, I've been a diesel mechanic for the last 10, 11 years uh, and focusing in field service where I get to kind of go out and see different sites and different things every day. Very cool. Yeah. What about you, Kayleen? Um, I grew up not too far from Alex. We actually met in seventh grade. Uh, so we've known each other well over a decade now. <laughs> um, yeah. So we kind of dated off and on. I moved away to school. Um, I ended up getting a Christian ministry degree. And we lived in the big city for a little while and came back home, I guess, what, four years ago, four and a half, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, We have two kids. And at the time we had just the one and we wanted a little smaller town living situation. Being closer to family was important too. So we made the move on back home. How old are your kids? Uh, So our daughter is five. She'll be six later on. Pretty soon here, I think. In a couple of weeks. <laughs> In a couple of weeks. And then our son just turned one at the beginning of July. Well, congratulations. I know those ages well. My daughter is four and my son will be three in September. So I'm right there with you. It's fun. It's fantastic. It's stressful. It's everything. <laughs> <laughs> Never quiet. Never quiet. That is true. Never quiet. It is not dull. Okay. We call this clear the air. Are you ready? Sure. All right. So I've got three questions for you. These are personal to you two. You can answer them. Go back and forth. One person can answer them all. It's up to you. All right, here we go. Question one, what is one skill you don't possess but wish you did? I've got this one. It's becoming <laughs> more and more prevalent. Um, Excel and Microsoft Office. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Never really had to deal with it before and, and didn't really, you know, worry about it years ago but now it's like i wish i had some experience on this stuff because it really would come in handy <laughs> it would there's a lot of youtube videos you can watch that can teach you some yes. stuff on excel i've watched i've watched many all right question two when is the last time you tried something for the first time outside of open up a new store <laughs> <laughs> kayleen will have to answer this one you know we were sitting down last night and we were this is so sad we're sitting there going oh my gosh it's been ages since what? Well, we can't use the store. We just, we can't. That's not fair. It's, um, so yes. Uh, apart from the store, I put in two flower beds in our yard. <laughs> All right. With, with, you know, help from my in-laws. 
Um, we're still working on building our house. We've got it done enough that we're able to live in it, but there's still projects to finish it up and things like that. So we finally got grass in the yard this year and yep, um, designed and put in a couple flower gardens. Excellent. Last question. What is one thing most people agree with, but you do not? I, I think everybody thinks caribou and Starbucks is the best coffee ever. I think Folgers, good old Folgers with a little bit of creamer in it. I think it'll beat them all. I've always said, I thought Folgers should open up a store and you could go and they could oh. test new products and be a hot direct to consumer brand. So you all opened this store recently. Interesting time to open a store given everything going on in the world. I'm going to start with a high level question, just really up in the clouds. How's business going? It's going really good, actually. We, we you know, it's, it, it's kind of been interesting because it's something new and it's bringing it to a small community. So it's, but it's been going really well. That's good to hear. Why don't you tell us the story, how this store ended up opening up? Give us some insights of how this idea came to be and the action you all took. Well, I'll start, I guess. Um, so the, the idea kind of came from um, when we moved back to our, I guess, home community, right? Uh, they actually lost their grocery store about four years ago. Um, it was an instance where there was kind of not another person to take it over at the time. And uh, they had kind of got up in their, in their age of wanting to retire and, and it ultimately ended up closing. Nobody, nobody really took it over. So when we came back, and seeing that you know recently happening and uh that kind of was the push to well it's you know the city really needs needs a grocery store it's when a when a small community loses there's kind of a cornerstone business it's it's pretty tough on the community so the idea started with you know how can we bring one back but then on the flip side um, with me working in field service and I don't always know my, my hours. I'd, I'd like to be done at, you know, four o'clock one day to swing by the store on the way home, but then something happens and I'm not getting home till seven, eight o'clock at night. And then everything's closed. And, and, you know, then it started turning into, well, how could we make a small grocery store 24, 24 hours a day, you know, and that's kind of what sparked the idea of this concept that we have and uh, where a person could access it. Walk everyone through, what is the concept? Some people call it like an unmanned store or um, I guess that's generally what I've heard it called is an unmanned store concept where, um, where we sell, uh, we're, we're open to the general public on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays for, for anybody to come in that just wants a normal grocery store experience, right? They, they want to talk to somebody, they want somebody to, you know, help them out picking things out. But then outside of that, we actually sell memberships that gains a person 24 hour access to the store. Um, so they can come in at midnight if they want, and we've got a self checkout or also an application on your phone where they could scan everything on their phone and, and actually check out using their own, their own device. Wow. That's pretty technology forward. Pretty business savvy given the, the world that we live in. Everyone wants to be in the subscription or membership business. 
to turn the subscription and membership business into grocery, like a Costco, you know, for some, the holy grail of subscription businesses, given it's such a, a purchase that everyone needs. So Kayleen, you were a preschool teacher and you were in the diesel mechanic field. How did you guys decide, you know what, we can do this. We want to open up our own store because that's a pretty big leap. Yeah, when Alex uh, brought the idea to me at first, I I thought he was joking a little bit. I just, it was not on my radar. <laughs> uh, I think I asked you a couple times if you were serious, <laughs> and and turns out he was very serious. So um, a lot of research, a lot of research went into it. Um, not only with just how grocery stores are set up and run, because we don't really have any experience with that. Yeah. To um, the technology, the security, all the, all the the background stuff happening too was a, a lot. How long did it take from the ideation process when Alex comes home from work and says we're opening up a grocery store to when it actually opened? Uh, it was we started. I think the idea kind of came through like in January of 2020, January of last year. We kind of started to you know this is what we want to do, you know, what's it going to take for it to happen? You know, cause I, you know, me and my field, I'm a problem solver. So, you know, it's like, this is what we want to accomplish. How are we going to get there? And it took pretty much all of 2020. We, um, as far as, you know, we, we got the building, the building was a mess, um, literally. And then, so we, we remodeled the building ourselves with some help, uh, help with family members. But so we, we did majority of the work in the building as well as, yeah, figuring out everything else in the evenings, trying to find the best systems for this and that. And, and uh, it, was, it was about a full year. We were, we were probably 90% done. And then the last little bit was these extra hoops that uh, we were finding out because of our idea that we had to jump through. So that was, we had a, we had a lot of people that never heard of it before, so. And with licensing and stuff, there was a little back and forth and just making sure we satisfied requirements and, yeah. and all of that too. I have so many questions. So a couple, where do you all get the food from? Do you do what most people do? Do you have like Cisco or how do you get, where do you get the food? Who's your food supplier? There's a local distributor. Local distributor. Is that everything? That's all the the boxed products as well as the produce and meats. And can you do a full shop in your store? Yes. You you pretty much could. Yeah. yeah. There's a few items that, that uh, they're they're lacking, um, but they pretty much got the the broad spectrum of you know pretty much everything. So. And how big is this store? The the retail area is about a thousand square feet. Okay. And what what's the back of house? Very small. small. (laughs) About 200. (laughs) So when do you get deliveries, right? Because you're only there three days a week. The rest on demand, as you called it. When do you get deliveries? So our deliveries come Wednesday mornings. And my father-in-law and I actually come and meet the truck driver. And they unload stuff. And he and I do inventory, put things away. And so usually, usually by lunchtime on Wednesdays, that's all wrapped up and we're good to go. Excellent. So you had this idea, you moved away to the city, you come back, there's no grocery store. 
you're like, we need a grocery store here. How far is the closest grocery store except for Main Street Market? So here it's it's not too far. We're about 10 minutes from another small gro- small town grocery store. For uh, a larger, like a supermarket, you're about a half hour. So a half hour from like, is that a Cub or a Target or a Walmart? Yep. Yep. So the town needs something like this because that's definitely far. And you decide on this concept, you decide you're going to make it membership based. How did the community react to that? There were a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of, so when we were in the process of redoing the building, we'd always leave the front door open. And so people walking by would just pop on in because everyone's curious. Oh, there's a, something's happening on Main Street. What's going on? And and so we started out with saying, okay, we're, we're going to do a small grocery store. All right, people got used to that. And then we started talking a little bit more about this membership thing. And at first, some people were kind of like, whoa, whoa wait, what? But once we explained, you know, you don't need a membership to physically come in and shop and stuff like that. The membership gives you access. The idea started to catch on a bit more. Um, our opening week, we were open, physically open. What was that? Monday through Saturday, all day into the evening. So that way people could come in, see the store, ask any and all questions that they had, look over paperwork. Um, we could show them how the system works with uh, getting in along with checking out. And uh, it's caught on pretty well. We had we actually have in, in our town a, a small um, uh, community that's looking to try to kind of bring the town back. And so we met with them and kind of gave them the idea. Uh, there's about six or seven of them. And we kind of pitched it to them to kind of see what they thought. And they, they were, they had a lot of questions, but they were very supportive. And, and uh, we also, so that kind of got us started. But as we got closer, we, we started uh, our Facebook page. We started posting some videos once in a while, kind of talking about, because, you know, we're in a small town, so, you know, People hear things, right? So we try. It, it kind of turns into the telephone game a little yeah, bit. <laughs> sure. So yeah. we play, we did some videos on on Facebook, so those who had that could could kind of see it and, and actually understand what we we're trying to do. So ahead of time, they had an idea. Understood. And in a small town, how many members did you expect to have? Did you have an expectation, or like we need to get to this membership count? We didn't have anything to go off of, of course. So we just kind of thought if we could hit 45 in the first year, that would be just awesome. That would just be, you know, great to hit 45 in the first year. And we met that in the first week. So we've exceeded it. Excellent. And how big is this town? How big is Evansville, Minnesota? 600 people. Wow. And are people coming from outside of Evansville to your store? Generally, it's they're all fairly local. Um, we have gotten people off the bike path. Um, we have the Central Lakes Trail, which runs from what Fergus Falls to Alexandria past that. And so we do get some random people off the bike path coming in to check it out. Um, we've had interviews with the Daily Journal in Fergus Falls and the Echo Press in Alexandria. And so people who have seen those articles, if they're in the area, they swing on by when we're open to check it out. And We've had family members say too, oh, hey, you need to come over and see this. Check this out. And we even had a couple from, they were driving from California 
all the way to somewhere on the East Coast. And for some reason, Evansville was their, one of their stopping points to do laundry. And so mm -hmm. <laughs> they're hanging out at the laundromat just a few stores down. And they came over like, oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> we like this. So how long have you been open now? Well, we're coming up on three months. You're open three months and you have this 24-hour access. If someone wants to wake up in the middle of the night and go and they realize they don't have the goods to make a sandwich and they want to make a sandwich, they can pop on by. Have you done the math? Is it financially worth it to be open 24 hours a day? You still have a little ways to go. Is the memberships you know, better than the cost of operating right now? I would, I would say that the, the way we kind of looked at it at the beginning was, you know, we're always paying for the coolers to be cold, right? We're always paying for sunlights to be on. We're always, a lot of the stuff we're already paying for. So it's like, if we could find an affordable way to do the memberships and a, and a point of sale that, you know, for us, it was kind of a no brainer because a lot of the stuff we're already, we're already paying for the building to be cool. The really the added cost is just the membership, but what was kind of, you know, for where we are, not a lot of people work normal hours. So we do get a fairly large, you know, a lot of the members, they come in between seven o'clock and 11 o'clock at night. Every once in a while, we'll get maybe a couple right after midnight because they just work odd hours. So, you know, I think it's, it's been going really good. Um, I, for us, it's, it's, been totally worth it uh, just just because you know we're not having to pay somebody you know seven days a week or the days that we don't personally want to be here or not able to be here you know it just it, a lot of it just kind of made sense that's great to hear sticking with this on-demand grocery store I think headline news highlights what Amazon is doing I'm sure you all have seen what Amazon's doing with their carts and everything but I think there's a lot of enterprise size businesses who are trying to figure out how to integrate the tech and do what you all have done in your 1200 square foot store in Evansville, Minnesota. And some of these big brands are still trying to figure out how it works. Obviously doing things like this nationwide at scale is harder, but talk to me about the whole technology piece and getting that up and running and the security piece of that. How is that part of it? Well, the, I, I would say that, you know, one benefit of kind of the small town living is everybody knows everybody, right? So in a sense, so, you know, we have, I mean, we do have our cameras as a, as a backup in case and, and with our membership, everybody has their own unique access. So, you know, we can go to our door log and we know exactly who's been coming and going. Um, and then, you know, if, if we've got questions or whatnot, or if our inventory shows off, then, then we have our camera system that we could go back to and, and search, but, uh, we're, we're aware of Amazon and, and the way that they do it, but, uh, you know, we kind of just went to the basics, right? So, and what you're doing, it's a unique login to our unique access code to walk in the store based on your membership. And then once you're in the store, it's just like a normal self-checkout. Yes. Yep. What is the application on the phone that you're using? Because that's unique. Like most of my grocery stores, I don't know. Maybe I can. I don't think at the self-checkout I can check out on my phone. What is that? 
So it's a company out of out of California, actually. That uh, it took a it it that was kind of also one portion why it took um, as long as it did to find a company that did everything because we really wanted the uh, we wanted the phone application side of things. So we found several companies that kind of did the self checkout and kind of did a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but not everything. And and the cost of it was not was unreasonable for what we were trying to do, right? We're we're trying to make a kind of more of a basic store that um, is affordable enough for us to be able to do this concept. So um, we eventually found this company out of California. It's called Yoke Payments, and they actually have their own uh, um, bunch of micro markets. So we kind of took the micro market concept and just kind of made it bigger and, and into a grocery store form. So we're kind of, I like, I kind of say we're kind of stretching the system for what it's meant for with such a store, but it's been working, it's been working great for us. So that's excellent. What was the research that you all did, right? To understand you're coming from a place where you don't have background in the supermarket business with how to price the products, you're buying milk from the distributor, what you're supposed to sell the Kraft macaroni and cheese for and still profit. How did you go through that whole process and what was that learning like for you all? It's been trial and error. What, you know, what we like to say is we all eat 80% of the same thing, right? We all have bread, we all have buns, we all have mac and cheese, pizzas, whatever. You know, noodles, we all eat the same thing, right? Uh, majority wise. So you go into a large supermarket and yeah, they got breads and whatever, and they have 20 different options, right? They've got the name brand option, the competitive name brand option, you know, all that. So we, you know, with our space, it's like, we're not, we can't carry that many options. So let's just run a name brand option that everybody knows about. And then let's run kind of the more value type brand. And so instead of 10 brands, we've got two brands. Um, that kind of, that was kind of our, our starting of the store to kind of get where we, where we open. And then now that we're open, we actually have a suggestion board on the wall where people can jot down, give us suggestions on what they'd like to see in. And then we can, uh, we can see if we're, if we're able to bring it in or not. And then our inventory system too, um, it's nice. Well, our distributor gives us like a suggested retail price on each item, um, but we're not really locked into that. So it's nice being able to have some flexibility here and there uh, to adjust prices maybe that we know would do, do better in our type of a setting. Um, and you know, some things there's not a lot of markup on it to begin with, like milk yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, we, you know, we just, we take a look at what we have. We adjust where we can. Um, we have a couple different goal areas as far as markup to hit, but part of our main drive too is we don't wanna mark something up 500% if nobody's gonna buy it. That makes no sense at all. Sure. You know, we don't want produce sitting on the shelf going bad all the time because nobody's buying it. That's, and that's kind of a tough area too, just because it goes, you know, it needs to get used up faster than other more shelf stable items. But we just, we try and adjust as we can and run a couple sales here and there when we can. And we're still figuring it out. Yeah, three months. 
I'm fascinated by the concept. I think this on-demand grocery membership-based is such a clever business model. And you still have the consumer-facing or the store-facing opportunities three days a week. I think it's there's a lot to it. I think there's probably room in the United States for more of these stores. You guys are on to something here. So kudos to you. Have you thought about delivery at all? Yeah, we actually, and so in our community, we have an assisted living facility where some, you know, some of the, some of the residents there can get out, but others, we might have a little bit harder time. So right now we are trying to work on, on the systems to be able to maybe do delivery to, to our assisted living facility or the community members that just find it hard. So that is, we're in progress of that one. So you all are right on trend for the things that are happening in the largest, hottest, most dynamic metropolitan areas in the country. So I give you all a ton of props because you're spot on, right on trend. Talk to me about the, the actual location. How did you come across this? Did you buy it or rent it? We bought it. Oh, good for you. So we were looking at a, a different location in town that was for sale. It was a much smaller footprint, um, but we figured, well, you know, if, if that would work, maybe we go with that. And then someone from the community developers group um, who we had been in contact with, she told us that a couple was looking to sell their building on Main Street. Um, they hadn't talked with any realtors, set up any signs or anything, just word of mouth. And so we were able to meet up with them and did a walkthrough of the space and thought, yeah, it's a Main Street location. Um, can definitely make the space work. It was going to be a lot of work to, to clear it out. Um, he liked to collect different things. It was kind of like a, a, a man cave storage shed. He didn't have <laughs> enough space in his garage. So he had uh, years worth of, of collections and, and things in here. So, um, and funny enough, the couple had a connection with Alex's family, you know, a small town, that sort of thing. Um, so we were able to think it through, uh, talk it through with each other, talked with them, and we were able to come down to an agreement. And yeah, we were able to purchase the building and got to work clearing it out. Um, when did you close on the purchase? Uh, yeah, about the middle of, middle of the summer last year. So you buy this building to open a retail store in the middle of a global pandemic were you getting cold feet at all along the way, given every time you turn on the news, what was happening to small business in America? You know, strangely enough, the pandemic stuff didn't worry me too much about, I was more concerned about, okay, is this really going to work like in the, in the small town? And, right. and that was, I guess, more of my concern. Um, you know, regardless if we're in a pandemic or not, people need food. People yes. need access to good, healthy options too. Um, you know, especially if the nearest grocery store is 10 minutes away, for some people that's really hard to get there or to rely on someone else to drive them the half hour at the, into the larger town. And, and we just, we really saw this as a need that the community has and we were able to, to work with that situation and, and try and bring it about. So yeah, pandemic or not, I mean, people still need to eat. We gotta figure out a way to, to help people get the food they need. Terrific, kudos to you. So what's next? What is next for Alex and Kayleen? So our, our, our plan is we want to get this store running efficiently and kind of get it all squared away and get our kind of our delivery side 
all taken care of and squared away. And then we'd start, we'd like to start looking at the next small town that's maybe lost their store some years ago. And that, uh, you know, they're maybe even further out. Because the way we looked at this one is, yeah, a neighboring town is 10 minutes away. So if it's going to work in this situation, it's probably going to work. It's definitely going to work in a situation where the nearest town is 30 minutes away. You know, we're kind of, we've, we're, we have the ability to have another store close, but there's other communities that they're, they're, you know, 20 minutes away, 30 minutes away from the nearest town that, that it's in itself might not have another store. So that is our plan to then start looking for the next one. That sounds unbelievable. I love the small town story. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay, we call this retail wisdom. I've got three questions for you. They're fun. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. All right. Question one, and you could anyone can answer them. I don't care who it is. What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? <laughs> Tivana. So Tivana is not like completely dead because Starbucks still sells their stuff, but I miss going into their store, seeing all the different options of loose leaf stuff. You could mix and match and and the teapots and Tivana. I miss that. That is a good answer. Question two, what is the last item over $20 you purchased in a store? Kayleen will have to answer this one because uh, for me, it was probably some sort of a power tool to be able to, you know, work out my house or something. Like the, the clearance section of somewhere and, oh, we gotta so, have this, yeah. or oh no, we need that. So Kayleen probably has a better answer. <laughs> um, I did recently get a Fitbit, which I had oh. been looking at for a couple of years and just hadn't gotten around to getting one. So I, I finally got a Fitbit, which has been a lot of fun tracking my steps. And I definitely meet my goal and go beyond it on the days I'm at the store with the kids. <laughs> I can imagine. Where'd you buy the Fitbit? I got it from Target. Last question. So I'll, I'll, I'll stick with Kayleen on this one. Kayleen. <laughs> Probably a good thing. If you and I were shopping at Target and I lost you, what aisle would I find you in? There's like a three-way tie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the coffee mug aisle um, or the kitchen stuff, which is, you know, kind of, I like to try and dabble with cooking and baking and, and those type of things. Um, so if I'm not in that section, then you could find me in the candle section. All right. All right. That leads me to a question I should have asked before. And I, I mentioned pricing. If I were to walk into Walmart, Target, somewhere like this, are the prices comparable to your store? Well, what we like to say, is, I mean, there's there's no way we can compete with those type of pricing. It, um, what we like to, what we shoot for is when you walk into a small grocery store, small town, you know, small community grocery store, generally you're always, you know, sticker shock with the price because well smaller stores that's just kind of the way it's been so our hope is try to be just under that where people come in and they kind of they go oh it's you know the prices are more they're reasonable you know it kind of kind of give them a little surprise that it's a small town store and the prices are actually reasonable for what you'd expect listen you both were terrific thank you so much Good luck on this new endeavor. I think you are so on trend. I see a lot of stores throughout the country. I see a lot of innovative things happening. For a small town America, I have not seen anything like this. You both are on it. Keep it going. I can't wait to see how successful the store goes and you all off to your next one. 
Sounds good. Right. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.